Hello, everybody. We are back. Back I'm, for a second round. I know. I'm impressed that we made it back two weeks in a row. Full disclosure, we have a newborn right next to us, and she might cry. On the kitchen table. Yep. You Just do, chilling. Do what you gotta do. Uh, welcome to our second podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about COVID and uh, how we have been coping, and hopefully... Uh, It'll resonate with some of you guys where we've struggled, uh, things that we've done that have been helpful. Uh, But first, what are you drinking? Well, I mixed it up. Last week I did some whiskey and a little bit of beer, but this week I'm trying (laughs) to go classy. Gross combination. (laughs) It was not a gross combination. It was delicious. Uh, This week I'm trying to go a little bit classy, so I have a Miomi Pinot Noir and my Pinot Noir Rydell glass. Shout out Rydell. That we got at a yard sale for a dollar. Yeah, that was like the best find ever. Finding like $25 wine glasses. Like $25 for one glass. 50 bucks for two, yeah. So yeah. Crazy. Uh, finding them for like a dollar each at a yard sale. That was a, that was a good find. Yeah, find of the year. Yeah. What are you drinking? I'm drinking water um, because I'm breastfeeding and I just cannot stay hydrated. It's crazy how much they, these little ones suck out of you. I need all the water tonight. I think you had like a half glass of wine last night and you've been playing catch up all day. Pretty much. Yeah, I had like one glass of wine and I felt like I've never drank before. We're both just staring (laughs) at the baby because she's making noises. I don't trust her. I don't trust her at all. I might just hold her. Um, Yeah, so water and wine. I like it. Good combo. We are classier this week. (laughs) So with that said, let's jump into our topic. COVID. No, we have to do highs and lows. Oh, highs and lows. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to talk about COVID. Ew. <laughs> Who's excited to talk about COVID? Uh, highs and lows. Let's do... Last week we did lows first. Let's do lows first. Okay. Uh, my low this week was the frustration of dealing with the state and how we got another notification that the disability forms that we filled out weren't complete, even though we spent six hours on the phone with them and filled out a bunch of forms and they've told us multiple times that everything was okay yeah guys seriously the process that they make you the hoops that they make you jump through to get your your um like postpartum maternity leave pay is insane i have never had to deal with the state so much well eric has been doing it for us has never had to deal with the state so much and been um, run around so much. It's been so insane. You would not think that they would make it so hard for like newborn sleep deprived parents to figure out how to get paid, but this this shit's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty been, rough. It's been really rough. I've been off now for four weeks, and I just got my first paycheck today. It's been a crazy process. All right, um, my low from the week was my back and my butt hurt so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I did not anticipate that it could be like really painful to take care of a newborn and all the breastfeeding and the um, like hunching over as you're holding them and rocking them and um, watching them and you're sitting like all the time. We don't really like do much. You know, you're sitting when you breastfeed, you're sitting while you're rocking. So... My back and my butt hurt a lot. Lots of massages with our new massage gun. Yeah, that like percussion massage gun is amazing. Okay, well. What's your high from the week? This is going to sound lame and I know you're going to hate it, but I'm 4-2 and two in both of my fantasy leagues. You're I'm what? 4-2 and two in both of my fantasy what football leagues. What does that leagues. even mean? 
I've won four and lost two. Oh, good for you. Yeah, so I'm doing pretty good, and I've had some injuries that I've had to work my way through, but I won this week on a last-minute touchdown against a guy that I haven't beaten in the six years I've been in the league, so it's pretty exciting. There you go. Make-believe football. I'm glad that it made your week. Oh, it did. (laughs) Um, My high from this week was probably that I got to go grocery shopping by myself yesterday. That was... Self-love. I don't know if it was self-love because... You love shopping. I mean, but I had to buy food for the house, you know? I heard this really good thing on Instagram when I was pregnant, and it has stuck with me, that said um, that basic, like, self-care and, like, cleaning yourself isn't... Or, like, that fulfilling your basic needs in postpartum isn't self-care. So it was saying, like, hey, Dad, like, you know, it's awesome that you're letting your wife take a shower or, you know, like, wash her hair and do laundry, but that's not necessarily self-care. That's, like, basic human needs, so... I don't know. Grocery shopping was kind of a basic human need, but I made it fun. (laughs) It was nice um, to be by myself and to walk around the grocery store without anyone crying or on my boob. I'm mostly talking about Eric with those two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was good. I found some really fun new gluten-free stuff and bought way too much because I was just so excited to be at the grocery store by myself. But I did miss you guys. It was so funny. I was only out for like an hour, but I was definitely ready to come home. We were doing good. We were just chilling. I know. You guys Taking were... Taking a nap. I was imagining, like, worst-case scenarios of her just, like, screaming and you're crying. And I came home and you were playing video games and she was sleeping. So it went great. Yeah. We, we got it handled. We got a good little bond going. I'm going to have to leave more. Yeah. Get out. See you. I'll finish the podcast myself. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. Now we can talk about your favorite subject. Oh, hey. You want to talk about COVID? Let's do it. All right. Well... COVID has sucked, as everybody knows. It's been <laughs> since, what, March? Yeah. March, okay. April, May, June, July, August, September, October. We are yeah. seven months in this thing. Seven months in. I think I started working wow. from home in March, and I go back to work next week, so it'll be seven months working from home. Yeah. Well, you're still going to work from home half time, which is nice. Yeah, that'll be good. A nice little transition going back to work with the baby. I'm really nervous about you going back to work and having the baby more by myself. That's going to be quite an adventure. We'll talk about it in the podcast You'll next week. Yeah. <laughs> Update on how we're doing. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting. I found out that I was pregnant in January and we got sent home, both of us, from work in, in the height of things in March. Um, and then I was home for the rest of my pregnancy. I never ended up going back, which is so crazy because none of my coworkers ever saw me pregnant. You know, I left when I was only about 10 weeks and you can't tell at that point. So it was definitely a weird experience being, being pregnant during COVID. It was, I honestly thought I would have more fear the whole time that I was home or fear about it. And although we were really cautious and we used hand sanitizer and masks, at the very beginning I was scared. I think everyone was scared. But as time went on, even though I was pregnant, I just kind of took it in stride, you know? Yeah, I think so. And it was also nice that I was able to be home for all of it. I mean, 
even though I was working, if you needed a glass of water or something, I could bring it to you and yeah. I could make you lunch if you needed and just be a helping hand and see you grow every day throughout the process was pretty cool. It was like surprisingly amazing actually, instead of having to go to the office every day and wear like tight pants, I got to wear like stretchy pants over my bump and Eric brought me snacks. So I mean, who's the real winner in this situation? Yep. Living the life. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And as I got more pregnant, cause I was super preg, um, after like seven months, I was able to like take breaks, walk around the house, put my feet up, take calls like from the couch. That was amazing. Yeah. It was pretty ideal. A little setup. Yeah. It was All, really Up nice. until the final day when you get birth. Oh my gosh. I know I worked, <laughs> uh, I worked a shift and then went in that night to, to have the baby. So crazy. I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Motivated girl, I guess. So I know that COVID was really hard for you at the beginning. I mean, I think it was really hard for everyone because it feels so unfamiliar and there was so little guidance about what was going on. But I know that mentally it was definitely a huge struggle for you and it was um, a huge time of growth for us in our relationship. Yeah, I think it started, so it started March, we came home and I think everybody in the world was thinking, okay, this is gonna be four, six, eight weeks at the most. And the fact that we were all sent home, it was kind of sudden, I think we're, kind of heard about COVID and the outbreak in China and then within three days it was like okay everybody's working from home and it was quite the surprise we all just kind of had to take our computers and bring them home and then we got laptops like immediately and there's it's just kind of a shock um so the first couple of weeks was kind of like cool we get to work from home this is nice it's you know we're not in the office and just kind of the excitement of that but after probably four weeks kind of the excitement wore off and then it's kind of real like okay well how long is this going to be and mm-hmm. they were saying you know maybe till june maybe till the end of summer <coughs> excuse me um and yeah we're still here but you <laughs> so, really struggled mentally with it yeah so mentally um i think after six weeks when you kind of sit there and you realize okay this is something that's going to be a little bit more normal um the excitement wears off and kind of like a state of depression kind of set in and you realize I'm not seeing my friends I'm not seeing family we're kind of just quarantining and Mm -hmm. we're at home we're locked in we're you know we're getting all our groceries delivered nobody knew what to expect I mean even the governor and everything saying stay inside as much as possible don't go to the stores we didn't even really see our families until about maybe two months in we were Mm -hmm. so nervous to see anyone yeah and I'm such a social person that not being able to go out and do anything or see anybody was just really wearing on me and guys don't really talk a lot about emotions or get really deep like that but it was a time where you know all sports were canceled I'm huge into baseball football everything and all of that's canceled so even the the outlet that we have on tv is gone there's really no entertainment there's no new shows coming out it's it's as lame as all that sounds it's it's an entertainment it's kind of an escape from reality it's kind of like all of your support systems are suddenly taken away from you Mm -hmm. and you feel very alone and on your own yeah you don't have the social aspect of you know talking to people at work you're not really I mean you could talk to your family on the phone and everything but person-to-person interaction is so different than actually yeah and Eric is always such like a happy-go-lucky person he's definitely the extrovert out of both of us and 
um, very social, very even keel type of guy. And I remember he was coming to me with, with some really tough stuff, feeling really stuck, feeling anxious. I remember he said like he felt like his skin was crawling and he just wanted to escape. And as he was explaining different things to me and how he was feeling day by day, I you know, told him, I think you're feeling anxious. I think you're feeling depressed. And as someone who I've struggled with anxiety and depression in my past growing up, I definitely recognize exactly what those feelings feel like, exactly what those walls feel like when you hit them. But I don't think that he had ever really experienced that darkness himself. And so it was really nice that we could talk through things. We went on walks a lot at night just to get out of the house and to have someone on one time to talk through things. Um, I think that talking talking out how you're feeling is like half the battle and can be such a great release, kind of like opening the pot on steaming water. You just got to let some of that steam out and uh, some of that pressure. And so I think that uh, it was just nice to be able to hear where you were at and um, to talk through it. It just helped us to grow closer. I mean, I had to do some internal work on myself and actually dig deep with myself, which, like I said, guys don't really do. It's more of a surface level in my experience. And actually having to think about why am I feeling this way, what's actually going on, and to realize I feel stuck, I feel alienated from everybody, I don't have really any outlets to talk to people and the best part was is it made me and you closer because we were each other's outlets we had to really communicate how we were each feeling every single night we had to talk about you know what the as simple as it was what's the struggle of the day even if it's the same Mm -hmm. exact thing every day we were still talking about it we were growing closer we were yeah expressing our feelings we would always say you know what are you feeling today what's like your heart emotion today and that was really helpful and like he said sometimes it was the same exact one it was stuck for you a lot of the time um and for me it was scared a lot of the time but it was just so nice to be able to come together and whether it was on a walk or just on a when we were driving in the car or um sitting on the couch just being like where are you at today like where is your head where are you mentally Mm -hmm. um and just letting the other person talk through it I remember we um we talked about how we didn't want to have to fix each other and we didn't want to feel like the other person was trying to fix us we didn't want to come to to the person saying, hey, I feel stuck today and have them give us a list of things to try to mm-hmm. get unstuck. We just wanted to be heard um, and we just wanted to be seen. And that was half the battle, honestly, was just having a place to be seen and heard and not feeling like the other person was trying to fix us. Yeah. And it was crazy, too, because you see all the, the studies that, you know, oh, people are drinking so much more because they're at home or divorces are at an all time high because people are stuck at home and the cool part about the whole thing was was we learned how to develop together and to yeah. communicate with each other more and to get deeper on a deeper level I mean yeah you've always done some internal work and and really realized your feelings and grew with yourself but I've never had to deal with that so the fact yeah. that I had to actually dig deep and you were able to support me through all that was pretty cool yeah I mean I think when everything is stripped away and everyone can probably relate to this it's kind of a sink or swim moment either you Uh, sink into depression you drink you find outlets you numb or you swim and you try to outswim the current and um, you did a really good job at really trying to dig into what you were feeling and not just to be um, at peace with yourself and to dig into those deep emotions but to find ways to to find relief, you know, um, mm-hmm. you didn't have sports. So you went and found something that brought you joy. You didn't have the social aspect and people to talk to and hang out with. So you found other things that filled you up. So, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the things that, 
that you found that helped you? So I think the first thing when, because not only were sports not on TV, but they were also closed. They closed the bowling alley, which was my outlet every Thursday night to go hang out with friends and compete and do stuff like that. They closed all the golf courses for the first month or two. Um, you know, softball was canceled. Like every little thing that I could do to get out of the house was shut down. So I was really just stuck inside for the most part. So for getting out, we decided to start going on walks. That was a big thing. Um, we bought a Nintendo Switch really early yeah. on, which was pretty cool. That was pretty. That was a great decision. I remember when you brought it up, I was like, because I'm not a video game person. So I was kind of like, if you want it, I guess we can buy one. Never thinking that it would benefit me in any way. Um, but when you're stuck at home, like, 24-7, it's really nice to have some kind of outlet um, of something to do that's not just sitting at the on the couch, like, mindlessly watching TV. And what was actually really cool about this Switch is that we ended up getting some games that both of us could play together. Um, and so that was really fun. Um, he's letting the dogs out because they're being super loud. But it was really fun when I was super pregnant, especially, and didn't really want to go out and do anything um, to play little, like, I don't know. We got, like, a Mario game that we beat. We did, like, a Luigi game. We started with Mario, the tradition old-school Mario where you play together. And this was pretty cool because it's actually two players. I think you can play up to four players. I don't know if anyone really wants to hear about it. Uh, they do. <laughs> and so we beat that and really kind of introduced Julian into the gaming world. And then after that... We went to Donkey Kong Country, which was a similar game playing style. I and, love that you're giving a game review right now. And then after that, we went to Luigi's Mansion, which was totally different. That and was you couldn't stupid. jump and I hated you had that to game. use a vacuum to kill ghosts. That was terrible. And we got to floor nine of 14 and we're pretty much over it and we had to just struggle through the end. Yeah, there you go. So, Nintendo Switch, that was fun. Um, and we're still using it because COVID is alive and real, unfortunately still in the middle of October. Just not as much because we have a newborn now, so. Yeah. And she, uh, we can go outside. We can still go on walks. Newborns There's... are time suckers. I know. I think the hardest part of this whole season of COVID and quarantine and 2020 in general, because it's been such a rough year, it wasn't, I mean, COVID on its own would have been enough, but then you add in racial injustice, you add in police brutality, you add in an election year, you add in wildfires in California. It's just been absolutely insane. Um, the hardest part was when, when I was about eight to nine months pregnant, when we started having the wildfires here in California, mm -hmm. then we couldn't even go outside. I could not breathe. The air quality was absolutely ridiculous. So all of a sudden, not only were we stuck at home, but we couldn't even go on a walk. We couldn't even put our windows down. We couldn't crack the windows of the house at night while we slept. It mm -hmm. was awful. I felt so trapped. I felt just so discouraged about the year but for some reason I still had this like resiliency inside of me and this like hope and excitement for the little babe who was coming and I just knew that things were gonna get better mm. I think that that's like part of being a resilient person is resilient people always know that it's going to get better and that there's hope um, there's never like a, a belief that this is the end or that things just suck and that's the way it is I think that part of being resilient is knowing that whatever season you're in is only temporary and that it's going to pass. So as much as it sucked, and I was, I did have some very depressed days, um, being uber stuck inside and just the sadness of being so isolated. Um, I always had this internal like hope and resolution that it was going to be okay. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the coolest... We did find one thing when the wildfires were, were running rampant, and we found this wine water. Yeah. And I don't remember what it was called, <laughs> but it was basically water that was... Uh, mixed with like the skin residue from wine yeah. and it kind of it gave you the wine flavor without any alcohol or anything in it so yeah that was, that was pretty nice pretty cool i was like eight months pregnant so i can't drink through like all of covid and all this craziness going on not that i need alcohol but sometimes it's nice to have a glass of wine and like forget Something about the world take the edge off <laughs> so we found this thing in our local grocery store called the wine water and it was um non-alcoholic water that tastes like wine and it was pretty good it was awesome yeah i liked it um yeah so you went through a really dark phase um you found some hobbies and and some things to kind of pull you out of it and I think a lot of that was just talking through things and being present for each other um in such a a deep way what's one thing to sum up your struggle and your victory and your resilience um what's like one thing that you would say you learned about yourself through COVID uh, how to realize what I'm feeling. I think a lot of the time guys will just sit there and if you're feeling depressed or sad, you'll just push through it. It's almost like a competition, like sports or something, you know, yeah. like, or working out like, oh, there's some pain here, but I can just push harder and push harder and push harder. And you kind of just push it all down and it kind of comes out one day. But I've really learned how to talk about my feelings with you and just to bring it up and be like, hey, I'm feeling off today. I'm feeling this today. And oftentimes yeah. getting it out really just helps you to get off your chest and I never knew that before I never tried to do it I never cared to do it and not only did you have the vulnerability to talk about how you're feeling but you really got a lot of practice of identifying how you were feeling identifying feelings is hard it's Mm -hmm. it does not come naturally um for most of my life I remember I just said I was fine because I just wasn't very in tune emotionally or emotionally intelligent and it was such a process and such a growth experience to be able to say I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling discouraged. There's so many different emotions inside of us. And so often we don't even have the words or the language to identify them. And you're a lot better at that now. Totally. And it's, we've really grown closer. Like it's, I can't express it enough how talking and communicating, which we've always thought was our strong suit, but for me being able to be more on an emotionally stable level and realistic level. Yeah has brought us even closer. It's it's interesting that you say emotionally stable because I think that sometimes people think that not having emotions or remaining strong, that's emotional stability. But really your emotional stability came through admitting when you were feeling weak, admitting Mm -hmm. when you were feeling stuck or depressed or tired or frustrated. That really brought you to a place of stability. Would you say so? Totally. And I, I think that's the hardest thing as a guy is admitting weakness or admitting that you're struggling with something because guys are supposed to you know they're stereotyped as being strong and emotionless and unfazed but realistically it's the opposite it's being able to be vulnerable in one of your feelings and i mean especially with your wife like openness is amazing yeah totally so what about you what were some of the struggles successes what what was your covid experience like early in the the beginning it was honestly amazing at the beginning because I'm an introvert and it was so nice to not have to deal with people. I loved it. Um, and then even I got to a point where I was like, Oh man, I kind of miss people. Um, but I think that the hardest six months in maybe, (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
Um, I think that the hardest part was having to forego things that people would normally have during pregnancy. So Mm. it wasn't that necessarily being pregnant during COVID was hard. It was that I had to give up things um, that really hurt. They really sucked. The fact that you couldn't be at my appointments or my ultrasounds was really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't have like a baby shower. That was really shitty. Our reveal was through Zoom. We did a Zoom like gender reveal. We couldn't do a baby moon, which was a super bummer because mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to having like a weekend where it was kind of just us, you know, mm-hmm. one last time before the baby. We had so many plans and just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then, yeah. you know, once you were eight and a half, nine months and, you know, some hotels open and stuff, like we restaurants opened back up a little bit, we just couldn't because we could pop any day. Yeah, it just, it, it yeah, it just was never uh, a sure thing or a, a fully safe thing to do. So that was the hardest part. Um, that's where I felt the most depressed or discouraged was when I had to let go of things that... I wanted or should have what I thought I, I should have been able to have um, if things were quote unquote normal um, that that was hard that was really really hard um, mentally I I kind of was thriving um, I don't mind being on my own um, I loved that Eric was home all the time with me and that I wasn't it, it, I think it would have been different if I was home and he wasn't, but we were both home, uh, working from home. So it was kind of like a fun party with your best friend every day. And, um, it was nice. It was really nice having him here, being able to kiss whenever you want, being able to make each other dinner if the other one is busy, um, being able to help each other with chores more than we would be able to normally. Just a lot of things that were really sweet. I think that, you know, in normal circumstances in the normal world, because you have to look at the positives, um, we would have never had so much one-on-one time together if it wasn't for COVID. We would have both, you know, been at work, been at the office, and if we wanted you know, say a week together at home, we would have had to take a vacation to do that. So it was really cool to have so much quality time. Um, I really thrived with that. Um, fun stuff. What did I do for fun? I mean, I, I worked out, I went on walks around the neighborhood that really kept me mentally strong, just getting outside, breathing fresh air was so important. Um, connecting with the baby just like really kept me strong and kept me going. I don't know all the fun, like new milestones, feeling her Mm -hmm. kick, finding out the gender, doing our 3d ultrasound. There was a lot of little, like super encouraging and super beautiful, like little glimmers of hope along the way that really Mm kind of kept us going. Um, yeah. Feeling her kick, all that stuff was amazing. And I remember the first couple of times we did that, I didn't really realize that it was a kick. And then as it got stronger, um, it just got better it was so much cooler and then we also did things like the little belly buds where you could play music through your belly and kind of make her realize what the real world is and associate with her with sounds songs and stuff from when she comes out yeah um, there was a lot of fun stuff that we could do to connect with the baby even though we were stuck at home um outside of that too i know you were really big on journaling and then that kind of helped you as i was talking about yeah. the you know the internal struggle and all that stuff and that writing it down really helped you to to relate with a lot of the stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think that something that really kept me going and kept me so strong through the process was that I had a counselor and I had um, a mentor. She's amazing. A, a wholeness mirroring coach is what she's called. 
um, such a just beautiful mentor and friend that I started in January when I found out I was pregnant to kind of help me work through some some struggles that I was having, fears of motherhood and fears of pregnancy and fears of the unknown, releasing control. Just I had a lot to work through. So I started working with her before COVID, but I'm so glad that I did because, I mean, we're still working together today. And I would see her every other week, twice a month, and it just was so life-giving. And it was such a great time uh, to process any deep things that I was feeling, whether it was related to COVID or motherhood or even you know childhood wounds and things that we were working through. Um, I love doing deep work. I love doing self-improvement. I think that it's the most important work that we can do. I really value growth and so it was so nice to have um, a place where I could grow with her every every two weeks that I knew that we would be processing working through things alchemizing some tough stuff and turning it into gold that was such a um, just great relationship that I still have going right now and and something that really helped me get through COVID and some of those deeper emotions definitely I'd say that that helped a lot I think there's a stigma around counseling sometimes that, oh, like, you know, I can deal with it my own. I don't need counseling. It's, you know, something you can handle yourself Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, makes you look weak if you have to go get a counselor. But it's actually been a blessing. It's been so cool that I don't know all the questions to ask. I don't know how to pull information out of you or to help you process something. But to have somebody who's on a different level who can just really relate to you outside of our marriage and then you bring all that success back to our marriage yeah. is incredible. It's so cool because, you know, I don't listen to your med- or your sessions at all. But yeah. sometimes I'm downstairs and you'll be laughing, you'll be crying, yeah, you'll be, you know, screaming hysterically. Like totally, there's so much cool stuff that goes on with it. And then I come down, I'm like, wow, that sounded crazy. <laughs> what what's going on up there? And then there's just yeah. so much growth that you've had with it, and it's it's seriously been a blessing. Like it's been yeah. so cool to the realizations that you've had with yourself, what you're feeling, what you struggled with in the past and the growth that you've had out of it and how much stronger you are now than say like when we met is incredible. Yeah, totally. And a lot of that is because of counseling. And I think that it's so true that it's not something that weak people do. It's something that strong people do. Um, having someone to talk through your struggles, your hopes, your dreams, your insecurities, it's just so important. If you're not doing the inner work, then you're honestly wasting a lot of time. Um, you're wasting your life. (laughs) I'm very passionate about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it was really cool that, like you said, you, you might not be my counselor. You might not know how to get to these deep places, but you were always so supportive, um, of my growth. And I love that you would always ask me, uh, after a counseling day, you would always ask me one, how did it go? And two, like what, what, uh, breakthrough did I have? And that was always just so cool to be able to talk about it with you and process with you, but also just feeling supported by you. And like you said, um, it really strengthened me mentally. It strengthened our marriage. It improved our sex life. It improved our communication. Um, it's crazy how doing the inner work and pursuing growth yourself will bless and change every relationship around you. It doesn't just affect you. Definitely. And it's, it's cool too, because I didn't go through any of those counseling appointments that you had, but you'd be able to talk about maybe some childhood struggles or some scars or something that you've had. And it kind of led me to be like, oh, shoot, well, maybe, you know, maybe I had something like that, too. And then I'd kind of look into myself and it would help me heal from maybe something that I had. Yeah. That I didn't even know was there. Yeah, totally. You're always so vulnerable and receptive, not only to whatever growth I experienced, but to integrating that into your own life, whether it's 
you know, sometimes I wanted to have a deep conversation with you and say, hey, I don't like the way things are going with us in this area. Can we work on this? Can we change this? Sometimes it was just something awesome, like, hey, I had this breakthrough and now I can love you even deeper, love you in a different way. Um, it's just been a cool thing to see how counseling has changed me and, and therefore how it's changed us. If you had to say one thing that you've seen the most change in me or growth in me, what would you say through like counseling? Uh, Self-reflection. Um, I feel like you can you don't necessarily struggle with an emotion anymore. You can figure it out yourself. You can dig up the root of it without having somebody have to ask you a bunch of questions now. You can be like, oh, this developed when I was 10 years old and, you know, this happened. And yeah. you can really relate to it. And you can recognize the emotion that you had and why you had it, why you feel it. Yeah. And accept it for what it is. And yeah. not accept that it's something wrong in your life right now but it's something from your past that affected you and you can work on getting that better yeah that's so yeah emotional intelligence it's kind of like what we talked about with your big win um if you had to summarize you know how covid changed you it was that ability to recognize your emotions i think that's how counseling has changed me is um, being able to acknowledge how what i'm feeling why i'm feeling it where it came from and then you know alchemize that which means kind of take it from one thing and change it into another so take it from this wound this hurt this frustration this whatever um, and turn it into a place of growth or a place of of life-giving strength um, has been really powerful and um, I just cannot recommend counseling and inner work journaling um, enough that doing that spiritual emotional soul work is just ugh, so good yeah, and I think I always tell you, you're the most uh, emotionally connected person I've ever met. And being one with your emotions didn't come naturally. It's something you've worked on over the last five years and you've really grown with. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I know that a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of my friends and followers will, will message me after I share something, a breakthrough or an emotional thing I'm going through or a revelation. They always message me and say like, wow, that's, you know, I resonate with that or that's so good. Um, and I love sharing those things and I love, you know, those high mountaintop moments, but I think that people don't realize that it comes from a lot of hard work and a lot of lows, a lot of valleys, um, and just keep, keep on keeping on, not allowing those valleys to, to determine who you are or saying, oh, well, I'm just this type of person, or I'm just someone who's stuck. I'm just someone who's depressed. I'm just someone who doesn't trust other people. Whatever your thing is that might be a dysfunction, it's not who you are. It's just a characteristic that you've learned for survival or what you think you need to be. Um, and it's just a place where you can heal. So it's been really cool to share my healing publicly on Instagram. <laughs> the baby is uh, snorting, snorting and snoring and squeaking. Um, yeah, so do you have anything else to add about COVID and this season, what we've learned, what we love about each other, how beautiful I am right now with my unwashed hair? Uh, you're more beautiful than you've ever been. Uh, <laughs> But that's, that's not sweet. COVID related. That's I, everything related. That's the growth you've had, the um, self care, and everything that you've done, and how much you've learned about yourself, and how much we've been able to grow together, and 
it's funny that I was telling you the other day, since having a baby, I'm more attracted to you than I've ever been. Like, we've grown so much even closer in the last month, yeah. four weeks, and yeah, just a ride. That's so sweet. Thank you. Um, as far as what I've realized through COVID, I've never been more thankful for sports. <laughs> um, when it all... Yeah, totally. Golf courses were closed. Everything was closed. There was nothing on TV. I think the first thing that opened was golf courses. Yeah. And that was my escape. I was going to practice... Like every what, day? Three times a week, four times a week yeah. after work. Going and chipping and putting. And then I would golf every single Sunday because you worked on Sundays. So that was, like, my perfect day to just get out and golf. And then we got football back and baseball. No, then we got baseball back. Yeah. And I've never been so excited, and the A's were the best team in the league for the longest time, and they just lost in the playoffs, so that kind of sucks. But, hey, you know, it's kind of a normal thing for the A's. Yeah. Um, no, then... you're a sporty guy. It's, like, not just something that you enjoy, but it's in your blood, and I definitely think that that majorly contributed to your depression. So yeah. I'm really glad that it's back. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, I kind of enjoyed the break and not having like sports playing on the TV 24 7. That was kind of like beautiful and amazing. Uh, don't lie to our followers. What? You enjoyed watching baseball when it came back. And when football came back, you actually wanted to learn how to watch football and what was going on. It made me feel like life was normal by having sports back. Because yes. not having sports felt really weird all summer. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. For sure. And now I know what a linebacker is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> awesome. Well, I don't really have anything else to add, and my baby's going to need to be on the boob soon, so... Yeah, I think that's good. COVID sucks. We're still living with COVID it. COVID sucks, but you cannot suck. It's something we have to live with, and we can find ways to live with it and be safe. Yeah, and be happy. Yeah. Totally. We don't have to let a pandemic ruin our lives. Totally. Go us. So everybody go out and vote, and hopefully this whole COVID thing Voting? Will go away. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do not get political right now. No. All right. Well, that's all we got. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>